don't fear the Reaper. Actually, on second thought, be very, very afraid. This world is a strange one. The Grim Reaper is a terrifying figure of mythology. He is the medium of death, the transferer of souls, and in some depictions, he even takes those souls himself. Tonight, we take a look at allegedly real encounters with this terrifying Grim Reaper. But first, I still need one well-written and long school lockdown story for our future video. Also, we'd love to hear your lake stories and lifeguard stories. And if you want some bonus episodes and goodies, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash darkness prevails. Now, the Reaper is coming for you. Number one, Reapers and Shadows, submitted by Jackie D. It happened when my twin sister and I were either three or four years old. Her name's Barbara. At the time, we shared a bed that was basically just a mattress inside a kid's plastic bed frame that looked like a racing car. But one night, around what would have been two or three in the morning, we saw something terrifying. We woke up unable to move with a five-foot hooded person standing over each of us. They were just staring down at us with just a shadow for faces and white skeletal hands and wrists. Their veils or whatever you call it, they looked ragged and dirty, yet otherworldly. We were so terrified we panicked, but we were not prepared for what happened next. You see, when I panicked, I broke out of my paralysis. I crawled over to my sister's side, and as I did, I felt one of their sharp skeletal hands cut into my shoulder. It hurt so bad, but at the time, I just didn't care. I grabbed her and held onto her, and we both stared back at these grim reaper-like creatures. They stood motionless now, but they suddenly began to say something from beneath their hoods. It was in a language I couldn't understand. Eram quades, eres quad sum. Eram quades, eres quad sum. I'm trying my best to recall what they said, but we were both born hearing impaired, and we don't wear our hearing aids while we sleep, so that may account for why we couldn't understand them perfectly. We were both screaming and holding each other, crying while these grim reapers yelled. We shut our eyes in the midst of their chanting, and slowly but surely, the sounds died down. The next time we were brave enough to open our eyes, they were gone. I remember Barbara already had her eyes open when I finally opened mine. When I did, I did see shadows circling the room along the walls. The sound of wind and static intensified in the room when suddenly the light came on and everything came to a rest as if nothing had ever happened. Our parents must have heard our screams and sobbing and came in to check on us. They both denied seeing anything, but after that, they got us a bigger bed for us to share. It was nice, but I wasn't sure if that was going to help anything if these reapers came back. A year or two later, Barbara got really sick. She caught a fever of 104 and soon went into a coma. Even before that, she would hallucinate crawling snakes in the shadows. We were all so scared for her. At the hospital, her blood would not clot, so any needle pricks at the hospital were not advisable. 
At the time, I was being watched by my parents, who told me she was really sick. The two of us were only five, and I did not understand what a coma was. I didn't even understand what death was. So they told me she was sleeping and let me kiss her goodbye. I kissed my sister on the nose. She was my twin, and I felt like the doctors never had a good explanation for her subsequent death. So one moment she was there, and the next, I was left alone in this world without my twin sister, without my other half. Even from the womb, we had shared almost every waking and sleeping moment together, and yet now she was gone. This became the biggest burden, and it was something I didn't know how to carry alone. Later on in life, I was watching the Muppets Christmas Carol, and of course, I saw that Grim Reaper scene with Michael Keaton as Scrooge and the large Muppet Grim Reaper. When I saw that, my eyes widened and my heart sank into my stomach. I asked my mother what that was immediately, although it didn't look like the creepy skinny reapers that attacked Barbara and I years before. It was similar. The thing was hooded, dark, and terrifying. My mom explained to me what it was. After I understood, I slumped back down into the chair, and I couldn't help but wonder, why couldn't the Reapers have taken her twin brother too? Why couldn't I have gone with her to wherever she was taken? That was my six or seven-year-old mentality at work. I just always assumed that the hooded figures in our room were twin grim reapers. To this day, I still miss her. I suffer a lot from depression. I've seen shadow people most of my life after her death, but I've only ever seen the reaper once again after that. It was when I was 14, and after seeing it one night, I was sure someone was about to die, even if that someone would be me. No one did, but I was still on my toes for weeks. Shortly afterwards, I began looking into Grim Reapers and Shadow People. I later found out that hooded figures or old hags can be seen during sleep paralysis. I never expected it to be a common phenomenon, but I hardly believe that that's what we experienced because again, I woke out of my paralysis and so did my sister and we sat there and watched these Reapers as we were fully awake. I even had that cut on my shoulder from its skeletal hand that was no sleep paralysis. A year ago, I saw those same shadows circling my room one night with the same sounds of wind and static, but no grim reaper appeared. Though I was scared, I forced myself to stay alert and I kept my eyes open and soon it all faded away. The next morning though, my grandmother passed. She was 98. I can't help but wonder if these events are related to the deaths around them or if it's some sort of psychosis of mine. I still can't account for why the second Grim Reaper was there just before I had to say goodbye to my sister. Number two, The Thing at the Funeral, submitted by Harris. This experience is all too true in every detail and it happened to me about 13 years ago when I was six. I was over at my maternal family's house. It was around midnight. I was playing and laughing with my cousins in their room. Being the kids we were, we were just having a good time. 
My grandfather was ill at the time, and he was lying in bed while my grandmother was making him eat dinner. All of a sudden, he began to choke on one of the bits of food, and all the adults, including my mom, uncle, and aunt, rushed into the room to make sure he was okay. He seemed to be suffocating and gasping for air while struggling for his life. His condition began to get worse by the second, until finally, he fell limp. Everyone was in a state of shock and panic, trying to make him snap out of it, but he didn't. They called the ambulance and stated that Grandpa was no longer with us. There was a lot of heartbreak and crying. All the relatives were informed to come over, and I being a young child, I didn't really understand the situation, and I was trying to make everyone cheer up. I heard the sound of a communion from outside and ran to the balcony of the house to check who it all came. As I turned to leave, I suddenly froze in my tracks, and I looked back up to the top floor and roof, and I saw something. It was a dark, shadowy figure wearing a hood, and it was just floating in the air. It was about seven feet tall, and it was the most menacing thing I've ever seen. I would later find out that this thing exactly matched what a Grim Reaper looks like. It also had blood red eyes and a slanting wicked shape with no other identifiable features. It itself was darker than the night sky behind it. I couldn't move a muscle as my sweat started dripping down my forehead. Before that, I don't ever remember being so afraid. It didn't move a muscle and it kept penetrating my soul with its gaze. It was fixated on me. It began to seamlessly float close to the bars on top of the empty floor, and it kept staring at me. It knew I could see it, and I don't think it was happy about it. After the longest moments of my life, I kind of snapped out of it, or maybe it let me go, and I ran inside at top speed and fell to the floor in fear and exhaustion. I woke up a while later, and everyone was around me asking me if I was all right. They were wondering what had happened to me. Immediately, I told them what I saw, even though it sounded unbelievable and crazy, especially considering the gloomy atmosphere of the house. But I must have been so terrified that my mom did actually take me seriously to some extent. Nevertheless, later on, my grandma would make it off limits for anyone to go to the top floor. I'm glad they moved from that place since then. No matter what anyone chooses to believe, I know what I saw. It was vivid and it was real. It may not seem like much, but you'll know what I mean if you see it for yourself. Not to mention one of my cousins also claimed to have seen the same dark silhouette standing next to my grandfather when he was choking before he passed away. Number three, Grim Reaper at the Hospital, submitted by Stefan C. Three years ago, my mother fell ill and she was taken to the local hospital. It's around one mile away from our house. She had to stay one week there. One day I had to go and bring her food and clean clothes and she was already staying there for five days. I arrived at the hospital around six that night and I entered her chamber where she was staying. It was your typical hospital room, two beds parallel to each other. 
as I was talking with my mother about day-to-day problems and how I did at school that day. The time passed by, and before I knew it, it was 10 p.m. The nurse that was looking after my mother allowed me to sleep in the empty bed as my mom would be sent home the next day. I lay in that bed that was facing the door. I could see the contour of the people passing by through the square, blurry glass window in the door. Nurses were running from room to room, and I could make out the occasional patient slowly strolling down the corridor. Soon, at around 11 p.m., I finally fell asleep, only to wake up later and was completely shocked to notice how cold the room had gotten. It must have dropped at least 20 degrees. I touched the heater next to the bed, but it was very warm. My eyes began to adjust to the darkness around me, and I suddenly saw a big shadowy mass at the foot of my mother's bed. It was humanoid in shape, but it looked like it was wearing a hooded cloak over its face. I was so startled and frightened at the figure that I literally jumped out of bed. The moment my feet hit the floor, the shadowy figure noticed me. It moved what must have been its head in my direction. Before I could say a word, it vanished without a trace. Slowly, I crawled back into bed and didn't take my eyes off of the spot it had been all night. I must have fallen asleep laying there because soon I was awoken by the sound of commotion just outside the room. I ran out of the room and I could see the nurses rushing into the room next door. As I approached the doorframe, trying to stay out of the way, I saw a doctor trying to resuscitate a man. After about 15 minutes of stressful labor, they gave up and they had to announce that the person was dead. At that time, I did not connect the two events, but now I believe that the shadow I saw that night was the Grim Reaper himself. He was going from room to room, collecting the souls that were due. This episode is sponsored by The Dead Files from Travel Channel. If you're listening to anything on the EerieCast network, odds are you love ghost stories. That's why I think you'll love The Dead Files from Travel Channel. Join hosts Amy Allen and Steve Deshavi as they investigate paranormal activity haunting real people and homes across the US. Each host offers a unique and exciting perspective for every case. Amy is a medium, seeing and speaking to those who are no longer in the world of the living. And Steve is a retired homicide detective who uses public records and witness testimony to piece together the history of the haunted location. Each episode of The Dead Files features a different, real haunting to possibly help the family struggling with its effects. One episode on Falconer, New York deals with a family who keeps waking up with scratches and bruises. They frequently witness a shadow figure lurking around their home. Amy and Steve receive their call and investigate, with Amy using her strength as a medium to understand who the presence is coming from and why it's so angry, while Steve separately researches the history of the home, only to discover several previous residents who lived at the home died, confirming Amy's own findings. After their investigation, Amy and Steve must conclude with whether the house is safe to remain in or if it's time to get out. I really love the deferring perspectives and skill sets between the two hosts, and I think that's why The Dead Files is a must-listen podcast for any fan of the paranormal and supernatural. Listen to The Dead Files wherever you get your podcasts. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Number 4. Seattle Reaper Contact Submitted by Alan D. Now, this may sound weird, but I believe I've contacted the Reaper. It was back when I was around 8 years old. I was walking home from a sleepover when I began to hear footsteps behind me. I honestly thought I'd been the only one on the street but I was very tired and did not want to bother myself by turning around to see who it was. But the steps soon came closer and I found myself needing to know what I might be dealing with. So eventually I turned around and of course that's when I saw him. He was wearing a hood with a full trench coat that was solid black along with pants and boots that looked like they'd been in a fire. They were inhumanly tall I'd say seven and a half feet, but what really scared me down to the bone was the fact that they were carrying a freaking scythe. At that moment, all I could smell in the air was the smell of blood, that strong smell of iron. He or it, there was no way of seeing their face, and I was just terrified, so I began to back away slowly, not wanting to be within range of their scythe. But then the figure spoke, in the most surreal voice I've ever heard. Do not cross. You are not ready yet. I had no idea what it meant. I don't even think I was listening at the time because I was so frightened. I turned around, and at that moment I realized that in my confusion and fear, I had wandered sideways a bit into the road, and that's when I think I understood what he meant by do not cross. A red truck was inches away from hitting me. It passed by honking its horn at blistering speed, only inches away from skimming my nose. I turned back to the figure, and he was gone. One of my friends came around the corner suddenly. He was cheery and tried to offer me a high five, but I stood there motionless, unable to comprehend what had just happened. Worried, he tried to get it out of me, and I explained to him just the truck incident. I didn't think he would believe me if I told him about what I saw. 
the Reaper had saved me, and I'm still trying to piece together why. I'm just happy I moved out of Seattle. And number five, My Demon Encounters, submitted by Brandon. I'm sad to say that these events are ongoing in our lives, and frequently we do everything we can to ward these demons off, from sage burning to rituals in our house. This is a collective of all the scary stories that have happened in the household, to my knowledge. So here goes. My first personal story. I was 16, and at that time I wasn't even into paranormal stuff. Anything ghost or demon related, I was skeptical of. I didn't have troubles with accepting my current reality, and for a month straight, I was waking up at 3 a.m. in the morning every night, and I wasn't sure why. I would always go right back to sleep without any real issues, and that time I had my then-girlfriend over, and she'd woken me up with six claw marks on her back. I'd never felt such real chills on me when I saw that. When I told another friend about it, he said they were the devil's marks, but I just rolled my eyes. Some of my family members had been awakened too because they were choking in their sleep. One night though, I woke up sweating. My whole body felt wet and clammy. I was sleeping on my back and noticed almost immediately a figure standing in my room. And it was absolutely massive. It loomed around eight feet tall I remember fighting the urge to blink because I did not want to take my eyes off of this thing. It had a hulking figure of a strong-looking man, which is only made scarier by the fact that I should not have been able to see this figure at all. The room was pitch black. It was too dark for me to physically make out my own hand in front of my face, and yet this figure was apparent. And if that wasn't bad enough, you could also make out that his eyes were darker than the rest of his shadow. I tried to say a prayer, but I was too scared to speak. We stayed like that for about 15 seconds until my eyes were watering so much and I finally blinked. And in that instant, he was gone. I was so scared that night that I couldn't go back to sleep. My second personal story. On my 18th birthday, me and my mom drove to the bar district of Austin, Texas. We went looking for a tattoo shop but everything was too expensive for us. So we decided to drive back to our hometown. Deciding to give a homeless man $20 of my tattoo money, it was better than nothing, and I was happy to help. I should add that my mom is unafraid of the paranormal and has proven that frequently. Anyway, we got back in the car and she suddenly asked me if I wanted to go on a ghost hunt instead. Still being quite the skeptic, assuming we wouldn't find a thing, I said, what could be the problem? Let's go. So we went to this place where a woman's body had been dumped once, or at least according to my mom. We drove to the spot, just off IH-35's access road, going into some dirt back road. We sat right there in the parking lot for some small town business, trying to talk to the ghosts. I should add that we were using an app featuring a submarine-style radar, and it would let you talk to the ghosts. I thought it was hilarious. Anyway, we couldn't find anything there, so we started driving further down the back road. As we went, I began to get a little antsy saying things like, this app doesn't work, it's just fake, 
and this is getting boring. Then I said, there's no ghost out here, and suddenly the app went bizarre. My hair stood on end as the vocalization of the app began to work. It said, and in this order, frog, blanket, tennis. Considering what it said, I calmed down because I thought at this point maybe the app was just made to respond to those words or something, and besides that, it responded with nonsense. Well, soon we came up to a small bridge, maybe five or six feet long. We turned a corner and my mom braked almost immediately because there was a bullfrog at least the size of my head crossing the freaking road. Faster than I'd ever seen it happen before, our windshield fogged over and almost immediately, my eyes watered up with fear as I looked up and saw towards the top of a 15-foot tree, a massive hooded shadow flapping violently in the non-existent wind. It resembled a black blanket being caught in the tree in the wind. My mom got out of the car with her police-grade flashlight and started to scope the area. The place was flat for a few miles and there was nothing. I don't know if she saw the figure too, but I was panicking. I started yelling at her, telling her I'd leave her if she didn't get back in the car. Annoyed, she got back in and we left. We ended up stopping at a Whataburger on the way home, and after I ate some food, we stood outside and talked while I smoked a cigarette. I think I was finally starting to calm down. I was almost back to my old self, until I suddenly saw a ridiculously clean tennis ball in the parking lot, and I suddenly began to break down again, remembering all too well what that stupid app had said. Frog, blanket, tennis. I was so scared that I couldn't even hold on to my cigarette any longer. We piled ourselves back into the car and drove off. We turned onto the main road right next to the Whataburger, and there was another tennis ball. And onto the next road we turned, and yet again more tennis balls every couple hundred feet. We thought someone had spilled them along the road as they drove, but these tennis balls somehow led all the way up to the gates of our driveway. I was stressed and my heart felt like it was going to burst. I felt like something was about to happen. We pulled up to the house, just me and my mom there. My family was in Port Arkansas a few hundred miles away. When all at once, across the whole house, all the lights came on and there was no one inside. The power across the house then cut off. I jumped backward, ready to run away at any moment until they suddenly cut back on again. The sky wasn't cloudy, no rain, no storms, nothing that would have explained a power outage. Also, every single one of the 15 or 20 tennis balls was gone the next day. I know because I had to go check. We had a friend named Cody staying in the guest house with us one night. I was in the military at the time this story happened, but he verified it himself to me. One night he was staying in our guest room, detached from the rest of the house. He was asleep, but he kept feeling someone petting him. Wouldn't that be terrifying? The room was as dark as mine had been from my experience, as we have thick shades in all the rooms to keep out external light. Initially, he had said aloud to stop because he thought someone had just been messing with him. But when he opened his eyes, there was only a hooded shadow bulky and standing at the foot of his bed with arms crossed. He instantly got out of bed and ran for the nearest exit. He got outside, collected himself, and went back in. 
and luckily, there was nothing there. Both the doors to his room make excessive noise, especially at night, and he would have heard the door opening if someone had come into his room. Ever since seeing this hooded figure, he refuses to come back. My mom herself has had a lot of paranormal activity around her since before I was born. That's what she claims. And as I began to remember, I think I once caught a bit of it. One night, she was having trouble sleeping. She was just lying down next to my stepdad, Jim, trying to get comfortable. And she was getting close to falling asleep. She felt her blankets moving. It was a gentle tug at first. My mom grabbed them and pulled back so her covers stayed where they were. After a moment, they started pulling more and more aggressively until my stepdad started talking in his sleep. He was saying, no, go away, we don't want you here. Then he began to kick violently at the foot of the bed. My mom said a small prayer and then the pulling stopped and Jim stopped his kicking. My mom turned towards him and asked what he'd been dreaming about. Jim told her that he had dreamt that a skeletal hand appeared from beneath him and began clawing at his blankets. Now onto my mom's second story. Our front door is made of oak, and I mean solid oak. We have five dogs, the biggest of which is a Great Dane. For a while, my Great Dane, normally very massive in appetite and extremely outgoing, suddenly just stopped eating. She started to look emaciated and wouldn't get out of bed, and we were starting to get worried about her. One night when everyone was asleep, my mom was watching TV in her room and enjoying some alone time. My little brother had just had a nightmare and came down to talk to her when he suddenly saw what he thought was our older brother huddled in front of our Great Dane in the single person chair in the living room. But my mom was watching this go down. She could see my little brother standing at the entrance of her bedroom saying something as he looked away from her. She just kept watching her movie until she heard a scream and what sounded like a high caliber gun going off, literally shaking the whole house. He told her he thought Logan, the older brother, had been standing over Zoe, our dog. When the dog looked back with no eyes, the dog ran so fast that he could barely keep sight of it out of the room. Then they all heard the front door open and close surprisingly fast, along with a massive cracking noise. They all went to investigate the front door and there was now a huge crack going down the wood. And now the dog was absolutely fine and acting very cheerful. To this day, we think something may have been possessing the dog and suddenly decided to leave all at once. If that wasn't scary enough, the light at my table flickered, as is prone to happen in any room when someone talks about our guest, and he gives you chills when he's nearby. As I've said before, we have been doing sage rituals lately trying to calm it down, and we have not been able to completely push this spirit out to date, even with the help of these spiritualists. I feel this presence can only be explained as the Grim Reaper without a scythe, but I don't know what the Grim Reaper would be doing at our house unless he's acting as an omen for someone's death, or maybe he's just toying with us. I have plenty more experiences about this Reaper haunting, but these are easily the scariest ones. The Grim Reaper is a haunting image. 
I know that I'd probably have a heart attack if I woke up in the middle of the night to see a tall hooded figure with a scythe standing in the corner of my room. Dang, gives me chills just thinking about it. So I guess it's time to kick back and relax to some good old episodes of The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy instead. Classic. Stay safe and stay creepy. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. And don't forget to send us your lake stories or lifeguard stories soon. And a big thanks goes out to my newest patron, Jay Jenner. Keep it strangerous out there, Jay.